0: Early childhood education or childcare in itself, it is a cash cow because people need it and you can offer it and people will bring their children. I've done it for 30 years where they don't even ask about the program. They don't even ask about the curriculum. And then some who are very in-depth and want to know everything. But bottom line, it's a need and it's a necessity. But how we do it is more important for me.
1: If you've had children in daycare, you know that childhood education is definitely a cash cow, but it's also dominated by big names like Kindercare and Bright Horizons. And then you have the smaller individual centers. Someone starting from the ground up could work, but is it an investable, scalable business? That's what we'll find out today as Kate Goodwin from Kate's Corner in Durham, North Carolina, comes on to pitch the investors on the Startup Stage podcast. Here are today's investors.
2: Hi, I'm Robbie Hardy. I'm founder and chair of Excel Ventures.
1: Robbie is a champion of the women's entrepreneurship movement, and her venture fund focuses exclusively on debt deals to female founders.
3: Hey, I'm Tim McLaughlin. I'm a partner at Co-Founders
4: Capital.
1: Co-Founders Capital has raised $43 million to invest in North Carolina companies.
4: Hello, I'm Keith Daniel. I'm co-founder and general partner of Brazilian
1: Ventures. Resilient Ventures invests in early stage African-American founders.
5: My name is Donald Thompson, CEO of BlockWest West, and angel investor.
1: Donald Thompson invests in anything he's passionate about, whether that's the idea or the entrepreneur, and where he can be helpful in being a mentor as well. I'm your host, Sharon Delaney McLeod, and you're listening to the Startup Stage Podcast, where underrepresented entrepreneurs can share their dreams with angel investors, venture capitalists, and you. This is season one, and we're in the triangle of North Carolina, a place where colleges and tech form a vibrant startup community. These episodes were recorded in late February, right before the world changed due to COVID-19. At the end of this season, we'll explore what's happened to these companies since the recordings and since the launch of this podcast. Did they get the investment they were looking for? Did other investors contact them after listening to this show? Has the worldwide pandemic affected their chances of getting funding? Keep in mind that great companies are born out of adversity. Hopes and dreams will not be crushed by pandemic and possible recession. So on the show today, Kate Goodwin from Kate's Corner in Durham, North Carolina, comes on to see if the investors are ready to bet on her drop-in childcare center. But before we get to Kate, let me tell you about another company in Durham that's making a huge difference in the lives of startup entrepreneurs, Helios. Helios is a nonprofit organization that holds free business classes throughout the year for necessity-driven entrepreneurs. Its goal is to help each entrepreneur reach, at a minimum, a fair living wage. Helios clients graduate with a business plan, an 18-month strategic plan, and access to the Helios alumni network and mentor community. Over the next few months, their goal is to raise $150,000, which translates into helping launch 60 small businesses throughout the Triangle. If you're looking to invest in the community, or if you are an entrepreneur looking for guidance, head over to Helios, which is spelled H E L I U S. All right, let's hear about Kate's Corner.
0: Kate's Corner is a 3,500 square foot premier drop in childcare center coming to the American Tobacco Campus in summer of 2020. Kate's Corner is the first and the only drop in child care center of its kind in downtown and will service children from six weeks to 12 years of age six days a week. Kate's Corner's parents will experience the convenience of drop in care with evening, backup, and summer camps and an ability to pay as you go. In addition, we have partnered with seven nonprofits to serve their clients who are attempting to reestablish themselves into our community. As you all know, The success of most business adventures are directly linked to the why, the driving force behind why you do what you do. Ours is simple. There are 50,000 children who are expelled from early childhood each year.
1: That's three times greater than high school students. That problem is even worse for African-Americans, who represent 19% of preschoolers, but 47% of all suspensions. As an African-American woman who's been in child care for over 30 years, Kate is someone who can help
0: more alarming that North Carolina is sixth in the nation for that expulsion rate. So researchers revealed that this reasoning is because implicit bias training is in lack with our early childhood educators and our social emotional development for children in the classroom. So Kate's Corner wants to disrupt that current practice and restore equity in early learning through cultural competence and training. Today, we are seeking $50,000 in debt and or equity to make that a complete reality. In closing, I'd like to thank you in advance for your support and your consideration, and on behalf of the countless educators and children that will benefit from Kate's Corner programming here in Durham, in the nation, and hopefully in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah.
3: That's great. That's great.
0: So,
2: what causes the dropout rate, right, or the, you know, for these, they get expelled or,
0: Yeah, so most of the, so you have to get the educators in early childhood, depending on the state, have a requirement for education. Some don't. And so you have a lot of people who love children, who want to work with children, but who are not culturally competent about where those children come from or their experiences that they're having in a classroom. So oftentimes they put on a doctor's hat and say, oh, your child has ADHD. But each parent takes that very seriously. And it causes a lot of issues with just not being able to navigate and have classroom control. Most of it comes from that. Cultural competence is just the issue. If I know who you are, where you come from, what your experience is, I can teach you better than not knowing and having an implicit bias about you.
2: So you're going to train these teachers and...
0: Absolutely. So we're partnered with Durham Tech Community College for their early childhood programming. And we are devising with a student at Duke who is working on the implicit bias training so that we can also put this in place but then track it to see the effectiveness of it cuz that's very important so We will do a implicit bias training and a cultural competence training. And then we'll also provide them with social emotional development. So your children, we focus on academia, academia, academia. They need to learn. Right. But we need to learn how to get along as well. And we need to have respect for one another. And those boundaries are often not even thought of because the schools feel like that's not their place. But in early childhood, they're developing that and that's their foundation. And so we focus on that.
4: So Kate, what are your biggest obstacles besides, you know, competition? Obviously, apparently you have the space and you're operating now.
0: No, um, we have the space or, not operating until uh, summer, the beginning, uh, beginning of June. Okay. Yeah, that's quick. That's not yeah. far
4: away. You've got a hire. you got hire folks because mm-hmm. you right now you're a one person team like yeah. I've known you for a little bit, so I'm One trying not to reveal team, too much. One
0: oh, 30 you years not. of experience. I've <laughs> opened 10 new centers for kinder care. I was a district manager for kinder care, so I live in the numbers, yeah. as well as the programming, as well as the relationships. So we'll do a lot of our recruiting from the collegiate programs that are in the areas, specifically from Durham Tech. And then, yeah, so that doesn't take long because we are offering our employees $13 an hour, which is a livable wage, and that is not It's unheard of, but it's mine and I get to do that and I'm okay with that. Very excited about that. As we only have a few months, I have a team. It's more than me. (laughs) I do have a team of great individuals who come together and help me make these decisions and, and plot out our next move. Most of them being my investors. So you already do have investment? I do have some investment, So why don't you yes. tell us about that? Most of it is equity, and then I have a loan from UDI, which is Mayor Bell's fund in the Durham area. How
2: There's,
3: much have you raised? How much?
0: $120,000 has been raised, uh, $60,000 in, in equity, and 60000 in debt. De- convertible debt or just debt? Just debt. Okay. Mm-hmm.
5: And what is the valuation, or how much percentage of the company did you give up for that 60,000?
0: So I'm at 56% uh, still in ownership because it was favorable. I chose equity partners who wanted to do this for the reasoning behind for the equity in education. And so most of my terms were very favorable as they saw the same vision that I did.
3: I, I think that's great. We always say that fundraising isn't a problem. It's an opportunity to align the right investors with with your success. Exactly. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did.
0: So. Yeah. And I think the thing that drove that is that early childhood education or childcare in itself is, a, it is a cash cow. People refer to it as cash cow or money maker because people need it and you can offer it and people will bring their children. I've done it for 30 years where they don't even ask about the program. They don't even ask about the curriculum. And then some who are very in depth and want to know everything. But bottom line, it's a need and it's a necessity. But how we do it is more important for me. Like I needed people to know that, yes, we're going to make money, but that money has to have an investment or reinvestment because this is our model, because our plan is to scale Kate's Corner throughout North Carolina and hopefully in other cities.
3: That's great. So is your plan for your employees that you have? And by the way, you know, my sister was a high school public school teacher. So $13 an hour probably would sound good to her. Based on the amount of time she's, you know, yeah, she spent absolutely working at the school. She has- so my,
0: all of my educators will be new, and the
3: cultural training, the was cultural for-
0: competence and training, was for the educators. The educators and okay. the experience of that cultural competence and training will be in programming, and the children will experience that throughout the programming as well.
4: Yeah. Okay. I guess I sort of maybe didn't ask no, this okay. as directly, uh-huh. but I'm trying to appreciate first of all the the impact that you can potentially make in this space as it relates to the, you know, this, every time I hear certain education numbers, I'm like, Say that yeah. again. Fifty thousand yes. expelled from early childhood. Yeah. So kids you kids definitely are. You know, you're zoning in on that problem, right? Mm-hmm. And then the opportunity, as far as you know, folks need childcare. It right. sounds like the you're convenience saying is a big
0: seven. part of that. Conve- so okay. the convenience is, is that we're open Monday through Thursday from seven a.m. to nine p.m. Okay. and on weekends, Fridays from seven a.m. to eleven p.m. and then Saturday ten a.m. to eleven p.m. So this helps for. I mean, our oh. our customer base kind of grows in that capacity so we have parents who don't work non-traditional hours who would need that entrepreneurs who only need two or three hours so that they can you know float whatever that is and not so our our payment structure is a prepaid payment structure so you make your appointment you pay for it so i'm not running after ars my entire life Mm -hmm. trying to get money back so it's all prepaid so you schedule it you come you book it and as long as we have space you have a place most of that is right now we're going through a campaign on campus to do pre-sales so that they can use this as an option and a value add for their employees so that they have a place Smart. for their, for yeah. there to be drop-in or things like that. So we knew that structurally I needed to make this sound and make it work and make it a good business decision for anyone coming on board.
3: What is the cost for a parent so...
0: It's $15 an hour if they just came off the street and decided that they want it. It's a two-hour minimum. It is drop-in care, which is a different structure. The state does not regulate drop-in care, but we will run specifically with state specifications when it comes to child care ratios, health and safety, all of those measures will be the same as any full-service child care center will render. You can come on camp days. You can be there all day. We'll have a summer camp. We'll have trackout camp, which is the hugest need downtown. So all of the employees are kind of faced with what to do with their children when it's trackout and it's three weeks out of school and they can't vacation in the middle of non-vacation time. And that's been a huge issue. I'm partnered with the YMCA, so we'll program mm-hmm. some of our outside activities around what they offer. Monday, I will meet with Duke. I've met with Duke because the biggest problem is they have child care contracts all over the state, but they end at 630. And so all their people working yeah. in the medical field yeah. need people. They need hours that are extended to later hours and, of course, weekend hours. So we meet with the head of HR on Monday. That's I great. meet with the county and the city as well for their employees because they're big employers downtown, as well as the small businesses. So those small businesses attempts is just me going in and talking, which I love about Durham, is me going in and talking to the owners and showing them the ad value for their employees who work the late evenings. No, that's great.
1: Let's take a break here. Kate has shown the value of the business and she shared the problem very well. But is this an investable business? But first, let's talk about the new audiobook, The Startup Hats, Master the Many Roles of the Entrepreneur by serial entrepreneur turned venture capitalist David Gardner. In this book, David tells you about the 11 hats that you need to wear every single day if you're crazy enough to want to be an entrepreneur. And David should know, he's mentored hundreds of entrepreneurs and invested millions in the triangle. This book is easily digestible, but highly impactful and will provide you the guidance to take the next step in your business. You can find the audiobook on Audible, Google Play, and other platforms. That's The Startup Hats, and you don't want to miss it. Let's get back to Kate's pitch, and Donald has the question we're all wondering, is this actually scalable?
5: From a scale standpoint, how big do you see this?
0: So I definitely see us growing very rapidly once this model is perfected. I absolutely we've already had interest for Charlotte just through some of my investors relationships there. Mm-hmm. I see it scaling very quickly. Probably within the next five years, my goal is to have uh, five Kate's Corners. But understand this. My goal is to have a full service child care center where I'm doing more of an impact on the education component and the kindergarten readiness component. So I will have a full service child care. I am definitely geared toward not just this model, but the traditional model that I'm very much so used to as well.
3: Let me just tell you some of the concerns I would have. And Mm -hmm. you've obviously thought through all this, so I'm Mm -hmm. interested to hear your response. But Mm -hmm. 3,500 square feet, is that what you said? Yes. 3,500 square feet. And children six weeks to 12 years, right, which is a a wide variance in the type of training and education that those kids would need, mm-hmm. not a ton of space for, you know, how many mm-hmm. kids could be in there at a time. And you're, focus focused on education, which means segmenting the kids into certain groups, having multiple educators that are there mm-hmm. training them. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's one, do you think it's enough space? Mm-hmm. Two, do you think, is it going to be challenging to be profitable with the number of educators you're going to need in there? Yeah. Um,
0: So I'm going to give you a little information so that helps you do the numbers. Sure. 35 square foot per children is required by the state. So it my square footage is usable square feet. So I'm not counting bathroom space. I'm not counting kitchen space. I'm not counting uh, lobby space, anything like that. Right. So this is. This is what they count when they say a child can be in this area and utilize this area. So 3500 is usable child care space. Okay. Our ratios and group numbers from the state determine how many educators I need versus how many children I can have. So in our in our infant room, we can have up to nine children, and that means I need to have two educators. But that's nine children, $15 an hour, minimum two hours. So the profit margin is pretty great when you come to looking at how many I will need to be able to manage each group above that will have an educator. Now, I'm not thrilled about North Carolina numbers when it comes to ratios because I think it teeters <laughs> on craziness. But yeah. we will go as geared as safety uh, requires because two-year-olds, you can have up to 18 in a classroom. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> two two educators, 18 two-year-olds, two educators, and three to five. But when you get to seven, you can have 25 seven-year-olds and one person. <sighs> So it's really us being able to have, we have a floater in the area, we have management, we have people who are supporting. And because it's such a wide space, as you can see, infants and tods will be um, in a closed space, so they're not in with the older children. And then we will have experiences that each of the educators will go through. So definitely concerns, but when you understand the numbers, you understand safety's first and we we get it done. That was
3: a solid and <laughs> thorough of an answer. So when
5: you're looking at something that could be either expanded venues or a franchise model potentially um, with others like what's the what's the cost for a new location? Right? Like is it $200,000 to start a new location? Is it 500 like what's the What's the cost for that turnkey? And maybe, um, and maybe payback on that and, 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 pay, and, pay, on and that. pay time.
0: For this project it was a, around $200,000 for the for the project to get started. Okay. There was some favorable pieces in that we came into an agreement with American Tobacco Campus as this is an added cost to them. So there's, you know, r- no rent for 3 months. There's $22 a square foot versus what the you know, prime rate is um, in yeah, downtown. Gets so the idea model, and that's a part of the model, is that you don't, you don't go and just build a building and hope people will come. You put yourself in the foot traffic and you partner yep. as an added value with another entity that would be set up like that.
5: What is the capacity number of
0: kids? I can have up to 100, 100 children
5: yeah.
0: uh, at any given time.
5: So just this is more of an idea than a question, yeah, right? no worries. And feedback. One is I wouldn't look at Charlotte next. I would look at maximize, because 100 kids, you're going to get a lot of press. I would maximize what you can do in RTP Yeah. so that you can keep quality control for the first year or two really, mm-hmm. really high.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
5: you have good kind of overlap with employees if you have two people leave You've got employees that can drive 20 minutes, et cetera, as you're building. So that was just one thing for as you you grow. Uh And then the second thing that I think would be really critical to make it a scalable business is think about how you're going to capture data during the process, not just after they leave the facility, of how the kids learn, Mm -hmm. what kind of books, materials, things that you're reading, Mm -hmm. because then you can create value-add for the center, right as a Absolutely. thought leadership in that child care development space.
0: To your point, the training and development in implicit bias is New to the industry, but it demands. So, NAEYC is our national association, and they're absolutely building it's the Cadillac. If you can say I'm NACI accredited, then that is the Cadillac of how you operate your child care centers. That means you are hitting all concentrations that they have you. And the book is about that big. We went through a national campaign for all of kinder care to be NACI accredited. Well, that means that they are going to have to take on these new these new requirements to have implicit bias training, to have cultural, competent, inclusive environments for children. And they haven't started that practice. And there's not a lot of training programs that are around that. Our goal is to be able to be a training facility as well. For so others. For others. And if we can get a proven model, we can then start selling that to other uh, child care centers to make an impact like our goal is to make.
5: Yeah, yeah. My, like for me as an investor, mm-hmm. what would be more even more powerful as a model is you have five centers locally, then what you're selling is that training mm-hmm. independent to whether it's right. kinder care or other child right. care providers. Absolutely. And then you're sending that consulting in, and you're having online courses, you're having seminars. That could be a big business. Yes, and, you and have it, the, it fulfills your mission. And, and, and it, like it still fulfills right. the scale More scalable. scalable. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yes. that's right. right. The, having 100 of these in a franchise model, it gets the quality to me seems – That it could drop off really quick after like, in my mind, after like five. Yeah. Right? It's hard. And and to really grow from there. The
0: impact, and I think that to your point, the impact to be made is to be able to bring the implicit bias training and cultural competence change everywhere. And because it's going to be a requirement, the money for them to put and invest in that is very huge. Or they'll lose their accreditation and they're not going to do that. Kate,
3: my, I had a company in a similar space before this. I had uh, athletic training programs that were running during summer programs, trackout programs, camps mm-hmm. during the day. I understand where you get your margins and how you make your money when mm-hmm. you do this, and I understand some of the pitfalls. Unfortunately, right now, I'm investing out of a B2B software company, which mm-hmm. this does not fall into that yes. space. But yeah. we do have some investors that know mm-hmm. the space really well. And I'd be happy to introduce you to them. And I'd be happy to chat with you about some of the learnings that, that we had. So I can't invest, but happy to help.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
3: For me,
5: my interest is open-minded. You're mm-hmm. not asking for a lot of money. It's a social good. I don't know if I would be looking at this in terms of like a, a 10x play. In my mind, it could be. Mm-hmm. But I think the impact that you're trying to make would be significant. The second thing that would be important, is that our company is building uh, d competency and building an online course and curriculum. And so we're in a lane, but we're in a lane with after effects, right? Mm-hmm. We're dealing with grownups yeah. on the other end of it. Yeah. And yeah. so there may be, however, some networks and learning, right, in what you're trying to do from kind of the ground up. Yes. Right, and give yes. people a better, better chance to start and be more whole
0: mm-hmm. right, as they
5: move on. So there's probably some potential investment on my part, but then also some knowledge share.
0: Yes, uh, With absolutely.
5: some things that we're doing, so.
2: Awesome. I have Excel Ventures and we invest in women and we do debt only. And so we would love to talk to you. We do 20 to 100,000, lots of mentoring and introductions. And so you sort of fit in that sweet spot. Yes. Um, love what you're doing and love the impact of it. And here's my card. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Well, once again, Kate, you know why Resilient was started. Our mission, our commitment to founders of color, I've said this to the other entrepreneurs that have been persons of color. This is why we're here. We're still early trying to figure out what we do with our main street fund. We just had Mm -hmm. a major investor come in to kind of bolster that a lot. So you definitely fit that space. I can't Mm -hmm. say right now what we could do, but I can say to you, we're committed. And I can also help you with the access. You know, I spent... Most of my um, professional career in higher education, I still run yeah. a summer institute at Fuqua and some yes. other things. So, yes, continue to be sure we talk more regularly. When, what's your goal for this
0: wrapping up this raise? Can you tell me? Well, as soon as possible, as always. because yeah, you got <laughs> yeah, to get going. Because um, we are actually going into the construction phase of everything. And because when, when you order for child care, you have to order six to eight weeks out or sometimes months out for okay. the materials that are coming in. So. The answer to that is sooner than later.
4: Yeah. Coming I, up. I feel really confident we can we even if we don't write the check, we can get we can get that, help you get that fairly quickly. Okay. So we need to make sure we set up an appointment immediately.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, you did it. Right. You were very impressive. Oh, yep. thank you. This it's, is my uh, this is what happens when you love what you do and you're passionate I know. about it. And children. you're smart. <laughs> and, 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 Absolutely. And you know
3: this space. Thanks so much.
0: Oh,
1: So Robbie, Keith, and Donald are all interested in setting up meetings and digging deeper into the financials and potential of the business. Will Kate get funding from any of them? We'll find out more in a later episode.
2: So (laughs) I know you wish that you could have a software entrepreneur that was that good.
3: I certainly do. Of course I do. You know, we were, her pricing model, that's you make a lot of money in your when you're never at capacity, so you sell thirty hours or fifty hours or whatever you do ahead, and you only use twenty. You well, use use twenty or thirty of those. That's right. It is, yeah, but right. so,
2: but with kids and all, the, and they get sick, all that stuff. The,
3: the, no, the key is the key is to it's just a have risk risk. a limited timeline what? on when they can speak. use those, because what we found is all we didn't have a limited timeline, so all of a sudden we had this liability on our books yep. of, oh, yeah. of what we had yeah. and. and Balance. sheet was all, all all over the wonky. place. Right, and
2: right. then we're
3: like, well, those people are never coming back. Yeah, but if they did, that's right. We owed them that service. Well, it's like
2: gift cards. You know, I it's different. I mean, you know, yeah, It's a, not, What if suddenly everybody uses them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would
3: imagine that the model, the one thing that I always get into with models like that when I see is the liability, the insurance costs. Oh my the god. I, know. Costs. I was going
2: to ask. And so,
3: so, but it makes it a great franchise model right. because it scales very, very nicely.
0: Well,
5: that was the piece why I would only want five of them
3: and then go into the education
5: right. and teach other people how to do it. They're carrying all the liability. Oh, You're absolutely. I mean, and
2: she's perfect for that. Stop
5: at five and then be the person. Right, and, for and the then you can have
2: the... And then they can yeah, be really... Like,
5: she may be able to create a business plan where she gets the next four or five of them built for for almost nothing. Right.
3: Mm. Everybody's recruiting against that 38-hour work. And it's still a it's still a two-and-a-half-year like, wait list.
5: That's exactly yeah. right. So I think she could probably get some folks to to work with her
2: she's smart she's trying to get open but there's more to be told to that that story super interesting
1: that concludes the first episode of the Startup Stage Podcast we'll be back next week with another dream chaser looking for capital to take that next step in their business for more information on the investors and entrepreneurs visit startupstagepodcast.com Startup Stage is proudly produced by EarFluence with recordings and editing help from Joe Woolworth at Podcast Carry. Executive Producers Jason Gilligan, Assistant Producers are Jalen Hatton, Candice Kelly, and CeCe Huffman. Special thanks to the University Club in Durham for hosting the recordings. Thank you to our sponsors Helios, Innovate Capital Law, Lenovo, Startup Hats, WeWork, Fancy This Photography, and the University Club. I'm Sharon Delaney McLeod, and we'll see you next week on the Startup Stage Podcast.